Welcome back to Getty Up. This is Hong Kong Corner. Thanks to the Hong Kong Jockey Club. And I'm excited to introduce our next guest, Mark Newton, who has made the move from his Sydney base to Hong Kong. Mark, good morning to you, mate. How have you, how have you found Hong Kong so far? Yeah, just on, Gareth. Um, <laughs> that's good morning here. Yes. Um, yeah, look, it's been a um, fairly seamless uh, move. Um, uh, the system here, I enjoy it. Uh, you know, you've got uh, you, you've got uh, everything needed uh, from the jockey club to to make it a success. Um, really, it's about recruiting horses. Um, so the horses that have transferred from other stables um, uh, to me now will probably set a base for the first half of the season, and then the Horses I've been able to uh, import, they'll take a while to acclimatise and get going, but hopefully they, um, they're they good for us in the second half of the season. I've always said, whether I talk to Zach Purton or a few other the trainers, I always believe that like if racing did a Netflix series, Hong Kong would be the place to be because I just find it fascinating, the, the ins and outs of Hong Kong racing. Um, so you arrive over there. I know that you got there nice and early and basically... Um, was working in the off-season while everyone was having a break. Is it dog-eat-dog in regards to trying to get horses to your stable from other trainers? How's that process work there, Mark? Um, look, I I probably had uh, a little bit of a head start and, and that I've had horses um, for a lot of Hong Kong-based owners uh, when training in Sydney. So... I've got, I think there's nine horses there now that have come through my Sydney stable and they've all come back to me. Okay. So that was a little bit of a, uh, little bit of a start. And then obviously um, it's about doing the lunch and dinner circuit with, and quite often that involves um, your current owner introducing you to somebody else. And then we had, uh, you know, a couple of retirements at the end of the season. So, those horses that were trained by those trainers obviously have to find a new home. And so I've inherited uh, some of Richard Gibson's horses. And um, so really, I mean, uh, that's, that's, your, that's probably your biggest task is, is getting horses into your stable. Everything else is provided. And yes, it is. Um, uh, look, there's hot competition for for owners and horses here but that's the same wherever you're going to train I mean um, the guys at the top have got a good hold on uh, on the owners that are spending a bit more money and importing um, some higher credentialed horses but um, that doesn't that doesn't guarantee your success so what you need to do is is really make the best of every horse that you've got in the stable whether that be you know a class five horse or a class one horse that in that uh, a win for that owner is just as important. And and what about the, the staff? There, obviously, the staff's important, especially with the the language barrier. How have you found about how, how have you found um, getting on with your staff and implementing the culture that you want? Um, very good. I, I, I came here um, uh, for a week in in April to uh, interview for an assistant trainer. And, and just set a few things up. And uh, my assistant's a fairly young guy, he's 33. Um, 
Henry Wong, and he spent time in a couple of the better stables here. Um, he's uh, he's done the staff recruitment, and he's he's recruited well. Um, the the one thing that uh, I did want him to do was um, probably get a more youthful team than than not. I just find that. Um, they're more open to change, mm-hmm. and obviously every trainer does things a little bit differently. Um, and so, I think you find that you know, generally younger people are, uh, are more open to to trying new things and doing things a little bit differently to what they would have, you know, in a in a stable routine in in other stables here in Hong Kong. So, um, look, there was. You know, some resistance to a couple of things the way I do things, but um, now that the horses are starting to get up and gallop and trial, um, they're trialling well, they look well, um, you know, I can see a fair engagement from the staff. This season starts on Sunday. Um, How much of an impact do you think you'll have in the first month or so? And do you have, what kind of numbers will you be having at, at the early in the early race meetings there to kick off the season, Mark? Uh, our first run will be next Wednesday night uh, yeah. at Happy Valley. And then after that, for the rest of September, we'll have, uh, you know, one or two runners at each meeting. Um, so we've got, uh, you know, we've got enough horses there to um, uh, to get the ball rolling. And, and the horses that are going to go to the races in the next few weeks have, have trialled and, and trialled quite well. It's exciting. I can't wait to see um, what happens there in the early part of the season. So many different narratives to look forward to in Hong Kong racing. You you work really well with jockeys that you like to um, keep in your stable. I think Josh Parr and yourself had a wonderful combination. Is there any one particular jockey or a couple of jockeys that you really want to team up with in Hong Kong? Oh, not at this stage. Um, really, I, I think to help me get going, I've really... Uh, every runner's very important, so I'm sort of working from the top down on on pretty much every every horse. Um, and in in the next few weeks, you know, the jockey bookings happen happen very early here. Um, we've we've got you know we've got Zach on one, we've got Hugh on one. Um, uh, who else? We, we've, we've got a fair spread. We've got um, Derek Long, one of the locals, um, Matthew Chadwick, um, Lyle Hewitson. So we've got um, we've we've spread far and wide. And look, it'll take a take a uh, you know probably a few months to work out who who I work well with and who and, and who um, and who's available. Yeah, do you prefer working with the jockeys themselves or the managers? No, the jockeys actually, yeah. um, and and generally um, that that's why um, even in Australia I kept it fairly tight knit between, say Josh and 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 a couple of uh, my apprentices. Yeah. But it, it's a different environment here, and I mean if your horse is going well enough here, you'll have access to to uh, you know Zach Curtin and Hugh Bowman, and if it's not, will you just go further down the rung um, to who you can get? Um, you know, the difference in Australia is that, you know, one or two of those stables with, you know, um, huge teams have have a call on, 
you know, say your James McDonald, um, where, you know, they're just not available for, you know, a, a stable that, you know, of the size that I had. And, you know, you probably find, I think, you know, over the time I was training, James McDonald probably rode three or four winners for me from probably less than 10 rides. But that's not because I didn't like using James. It just, it didn't make a lot of sense to me that you, you could get him for, you could get him on the horse once and then not get him on for another three or four, uh, you know, another three or four starts. So, you know, I found it beneficial to to have an association with the, with the jockey from, you know, track work trial and, and race stage. We've got our pens ready. What are, what are the horses to follow from your stable this season or in the early part anyway? Well, in the early part, um, uh, the horse we're taking to the races first uh, next Wednesday will run very well. He's a horse called One for All. Uh, it's a good Happy Valley horse. Um, I inherited him from Richard Gibson. So um, he, he won three in a row at Happy Valley last season. He, he does go up to class three from class four, which is, is quite a jump, but he, he, he'll, he'll start down near the bottom of the weights. Um, a horse that I did used to train in Sydney called Mission Bravo, mm-hmm. um, he'll run on the dirt on the 24th. Uh, he's coming up well. And um, believe it or not, a nine-year-old that'll run on the 27th called uh, Right Honourable. Uh, Zach's put his hand up to ride him. And uh, at the other end of the scale, he drops from class four to class five. So it gives him a chance to win another race. Can't wait to see what you can do, mate. And um, I love it how you've had that ceremony. I read a terrific article by Michael Cox, who does a terrific job with Asian Racing Report. And your staff are on the on the, on the the ball. Um, they had a start time. I think it's a traditional type of um, welcoming ceremony, is it? And you started at 4.28 yeah, instead of... 4.30 because they thought it's bad luck to start at, at 4.30. Yeah, it's called a bison ceremony yes. and it, it's just a, a really good luck. It's a good luck ceremony and, and you invite your owners and uh, we had we had quite a big uh, roll up to ours and um, look, it, it's part of, of the culture here and, and, and it's something that you have to embrace um, and, you know, it, it's it's part of living and working away from, from Australia. And if you're not prepared to embrace all those things, well, you're probably better off staying at home. Yeah. Uh, I know you will be embracing them, mate. Um, we wish you the best of luck. It's great to see you get this Thanks, opportunity, Joe. mate. And um, we'll be cheering you home and hopefully hit the ground running on Wednesday week, mate, or this time next week. We appreciate your time, Mark. Good on you. Thanks, Gary. Champion trainer, champion individual, and uh, we wish Mark Unum the best of luck when he kicks off his Hong Kong training career on Wednesday week. Of course, the season starts on Sunday. That was Hong Kong Corner, thanks to the Hong Kong Jockey Club. And this is Giddy Up. We'll come back with plenty more straight after this.